Today's show is brought to you by Lightning Pod. If you have a podcast, you know that it's a lot of work. But Lightning Pod can help. We've been working with their founder, Eric Johnson, for more than a year now, and he's really helped us take the Smart Home Show to the next level. So if you're starting a new podcast or you want to make your existing podcast better, you should get in touch with Eric. Learn more at lightningpod.fm. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. Today's guest is Michael DeNegris of Autonomic, a maker of high-end media servers and other stuff. Stay tuned. Hey everyone, welcome to the Smart Home Show. This is Mike Wolf, and today I'm talking to Michael DeNegris, who is a CEO of Autonomic, or who is the CEO of Autonomic. There's not multiple CEOs, not that I know of. And uh, we talk about you know what they're doing in the high-end audiovisual space and the custom uh, integrator audiovisual space. You know, Autonomic started uh, as a company that made software largely targeting media center uh, media servers in the custom integrator space. And so they've evolved quite a bit. You know, they make their own hardware. They have a pretty fleshed out product line. And we talk about that. We talk about this broader space of, of audio connected audio, uh, media servers, etc., and where Michael sees things going. So, you know, we've, we've focused a lot in the smart home show on obviously, uh, the connecting home systems and, and home automation, etc. but we haven't looked too much at, uh, the AV side, which is a huge part of the equation. If you listen to uh, the Smart Home Therapy Show, uh, a lot of the questions are about when you're talking about people getting new home, smart home installations, home automation, uh, connected home. A lot of it is about what kind of entertainment I'm consuming, how it's going to happen. And that's a big part of what people think about. So, And so I decided uh, you know, to talk to Michael, catch up what they're doing, hear a little bit about the autonomic uh, company and product line. And just talk about the space in general. So I hope you enjoy this. If you want to listen to more Smart Home Show, just go to technology.fm. Look for it there. And look for us in the usual spaces for podcasts. Go to iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You can also find out about Autonomic by going to autonomic-controls.com. Find out more about them as well. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. My name is Michael Wolf, and here's my conversation with Michael DeNegris. Hey, well, I want to welcome Michael DeNegris, the CEO of Autonomic. How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. So Autonomic is if I, I probably even going to do a terrible job ex- describing it, so I'll let you go in depth. But I see you guys as a custom electronics company, particularly in the uh, media server and distributed audio space. Now, correct me to do a better job than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, happy to. Um, we 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 focus on the distribution of um, digital audio. Uh, in the in the home electronic space, uh, catering to the custom installer, so we provide an alternative to uh, many of the consumer oriented uh, whole house audio solutions that are on the marketplace. You can kind of think of our product as a uh, central air conditioning, uh, as opposed to a through the wall air conditioner that might be represented by some of the products you'd buy in Best Buy. Yeah, definitely. And I think going back, I mean, uh, I 
my first uh, knew of you guys like in the two. 2007, 2008 timeframe. I think you guys started with software, though. If I'm, am I correct there, where you would create media server software for Windows machines? Yeah, you're absolutely correct. Um, the company was founded in uh, the summer of 2006, um, and we developed software to control Microsoft Windows Media Center. At, at the time, the industry was kind of going through this transition of uh, the move from physical media on CDs as far as music was concerned to the digital consumption of music uh, and the company was founded for a simple reason I had a Crestron system in my home and uh, I couldn't control my digital media collection that was growing so I got together with my co-founder Michael Toscano uh, and he developed some code uh, to control Windows Media Center on the Windows side and, uh, I wrote the code on the Crestron side and so our first product was a control module for Crestron control systems uh, to enable integrators to integrate that product into a whole home uh, automation system. And you guys got traction there, but I think ultimately Microsoft's commitment to Media Center, or at least the Media Center platform, started to, I think, ebb a little bit. I mean, in, eventually you guys migrated to create your own hardware. Talk about that period where you made a transition, and did you see maybe the the Media Center as kind of the, the foundation you guys are standing on, maybe something you wanted to diversify away a little bit from? Yeah, it was a combination of things. Um, uh, you know, there was a there was a limited audience of custom integrators who were willing to make the time investment to uh, secure a PC, install the appropriate uh, software, uh, uh, and deploy that in a customer's home. Um, so we we did receive a decent amount of traction, uh, and even spun off our our technology and, and did some licensing deals with the likes of Speakercraft and URC uh, to enable those products to control Windows Media Center as well. Um, but we we kind of we reached a saturation point where we we were able to um, get get traction with those integrators that were willing to do that. Um, iTunes, of course played a role too. More and more people were migrating uh, their digital music collections to iTunes, so we included iTunes in our control technology. Um, but again, there was a limited audience of installers who were uh, willing to build in computers to their business model. <clears throat> and so we determined that the best way to get uh, maximum traction in the industry was to offer a complete solution. And that's the point at which we decided to uh, pair up a hardware platform with our software technology, and that was kind of the genesis of the Mirage Media Server product line. And that came out in was that two thousand nine? Uh, first, yeah, two thousand nine was the first uh, media center, and you know the or media server rather, and uh, that's evolved. Uh, the first generation of our products were pretty much off the shelf computer components, and all we were trying to do was standardize on a hardware platform that was predictable that we could support more readily and give uh, integrators a complete package that they could purchase as a finished solution and simply install. Uh, as time went on, uh, we began to do bespoke hardware development to build a hardware platform that uh, really was customized to the task at hand. And so we're in our third generation of Mirage Media Servers uh, at this point, and they're a completely unique product. And you guys are a different company now. I mean, you have a full line of, of media servers. You have a, an all-in-one system, which we could talk about more. But So would you consider yourself a software company now or more of a hardware company, or, or is it hard to kind of really put yourself in a bucket? Well, you know, we, we deliver a hardware product 
but our value offering is still in our in our in our software technology and and that's really if you think about it hardware is a commoditized thing you know if you think about what apple does uh and you think about what some of the consumer products do uh the hardware is not the important part uh the intellectual property and the real value proposition is in uh the software technology that's driving that hardware. Uh, at the end of the day, most of uh, consumer electronics products these days are a CPU and perhaps some storage and memory. It's the software that really makes the magic uh, in anything we do today. So, uh, if you were to ask me from a you know pure business perspective, we're a hardware company. But if you were to ask me you know from a philosophical perspective, where do we provide our value? It's in the software technology that we build in. You know, it's interesting that you guys transition to hardware at that time because if you know if we put this into a time context um 2009 was really a tough time i mean obviously for the economy i think it was a tough time for home system integrators as you know a lot of those guys i think went out of business in those a few years there so you know as you made that transition you guys did release a product which i think was at a good price point for the time right i think it wasn't your first product around two to three thousand yeah and yeah. that, so that I think you hit a good price point in the market, but talk about the time and was that a was it a tough time with the general economic environment to move into that the harder space? Well, you know, of course, that was the the most challenging economic environment that uh, our economy has seen in, in you know decades. Um, but somewhat counterintuitively, it, it kind of helped us in the, in the same way that a forest fire uh, allows seedlings to grow. Um, we kind of experienced the same kind of dynamic, and that is in a contracting market, the established players uh, in, in the space um, had to contract their R&D, uh, and all we were was R&D at the time. So we operated in an environment where we were looking forward to the next two or three years while a lot of our competitors were in survival mode. Um, so uh, I think we were more successful in that economic environment because of that dynamic than we would have been if it was a boom time when we tried to launch our company. And I think, you know, you, you had kind of set some roots down um, through integration with broader smart home and kind of home automation players. I mean, I think you guys had a, a pretty good relationship with Crestron uh, even before you guys went to hardware. So talk about, you know, those relationships and the integration side and did that fare you well as you moved into hardware? It was it was paramount. I mean, the, the company was built around control systems. It was built around uh, enabling integrators to pull digital audio and digital music files into the automation ecosystem. Uh, when you think about an automation system running a script to affect it or to impact the the environmentals in a home, and that is the lighting, the HVAC, you think about a scene that you're creating in a home – Music and the audio is a very important part of that. So instead of having a scene that simply turns on the lights and sets the temperature and perhaps opens the blinds, um, bring audio into that, right? So when somebody comes home, uh, the, the lighting is set, the temperature is set, and there's some background music that they enjoy listening to. It's really an integral part of setting the environment in a home. And our relationship with the control system uh, partners uh, enabled us to cater our product to their individual clients, and that that is really what fueled the adaptation of our technology in the space. So talk about those control system partners because they're so crucial. I mean, I, clearly Crestron, I think AM, AMX, who are the big guys for you and kind of uh, maybe then, and has that changed at all? Um, it's evolved a little bit. Um, you know, some of, the, some of the old players have come and gone, but the staples 
Um, you know, in the beginning, Crestron and AMX were, were kind of key as the industry evolved a little bit and uh, a marketplace uh, bloomed for more accessible control systems. Companies like Control 4 and RTI and Universal Remote Control uh, became far more important. Uh, up on the higher end, uh, Savant became a major player and is now a, you know, a significant partner of ours. Um, so it's evolved a little bit. Uh, there are some old players and there are some new players. Um, but, you know, Crestron, Savant, AMX, Control 4, RTI, Elan, uh, Vantage, these are all important uh, companies that we have good relationships with. So talk about your channel uh, and how you guys work with that. I mean, clearly you guys are uh, 100%, from my understanding, through the custom install channel. Um, talk about you know how you work with those guys. Is it uh, something that you guys kind of water and feed pretty actively and work with pretty closely? Yeah, absolutely. We develop all of our control drivers in-house. So we have developers here on staff who are intimately familiar with all of the different platforms. And that's a huge contrast that a dealer will see when they're working with us. You know, uh, a dealer that's working with some, you know, with, with consumer-level products really don't speak the lexicon of, uh, control systems and automation. That's not their focus. Their focus is on moving volumes of, of devices. Um, our focus is on partnering with our dealers to take our product the last mile. So when an RTI or a Crestron uh, dealer needs assistance integrating our product, uh, we have a Crestron programmer and an RTI programmer here on staff that can converse with them and strategize with them on how to best implement our product in that environment. It's it's very, very different than the experience dealers get <clears throat> if they're buying an off-the-shelf package and simply providing that for their client. You know, when I've talked to some some integrators, um, they, they increasingly talk about um, using Sonos, for example, right? Um, mm-hmm. Sonos has obviously got a lot of traction in the space. How how would you guys characterize, you know, your customer versus um, a Sonos customer? Is there overlap, and how do you – how do you compete against those lower cost solutions? Well, you know, there's there's really three distinguishing points that you need to think about when a dealer is making a decision as to whether or not they're going to bring a Sonos type solution. Yep. Uh, and there's Sonos, and there's about twelve other players now that are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, one is control. So again, we're focused on control. Every aspect of our um, system is controllable. In fact. The iOS applications and the Android application use the exact same protocol that a Crestron system would use, for example, or a Savant system would use uh, to, control it, to control it. So anything you can do in our system, you can access with a control system, which means that you can incorporate music into the automation controls. Uh, and that's what an automation system does, right? It, it, it simplifies a complex system. So... The basic music browsing is very similar. You know, you, you'll, you'll find all of the same music browsing features in our system as you would in those consumer products. But where we, where the control differentiate, differentiation occurs, uh, is in the integrator's ability to incorporate music into the environmental and automation system. So that's that's one primary difference. Uh, another primary difference is um, the quality. Of, of the audio. Uh, we support all the way up to 192 kilohertz, 32-bit audio uh, throughout the home, um, whereas these consumer systems that are built on a Wi-Fi backbone are limited more to CD quality audio. So, and there, and there is a race back to quality, right? We went through this error where everything was a highly compressed MP3 file. 
Uh, and now there is this um, resurgence in the marketplace of attention being paid to the quality of audio. I mean, you hear a lot about high-resolution audio, uh, and a lot of people think that that's a new thing. Um, we've been singing that mantra for eight years. Um, so the, the quality of the audio is, is a second um, consideration. And a third consideration is that our hardware products are, are designed to be incorporated into the home Systems. Uh, it's not a uh, consumer type product that you'd plop on a dresser, or uh, it's it's designed to go into a rack and be wired into the home and be an integral part of the home's environmental systems. Again, going back to the analogy of central air versus a through the wall air conditioner. Who is the autonomic customer? Characterize who you see as your typical consumer who buys an autonomic system. Uh, the typical consumer is, is somebody who wants to make an investment in their home, uh, who wants to uh, have a properly installed and integrated music system. It's somebody who cares about the quality uh, of, of the music. You know, there's one consumer that just wants background audio and doesn't really care about the quality. They just want a little bit of noise in the background. Uh, and there's another kind of consumer who wants to really enjoy their music and experience the, uh, you know, the emotional impact of really high quality sounding uh, content and who also has an automation system and values music being brought into the, uh, into the environment and the scripting of an automation platform. And talk about how your product lines evolved. I know you guys, uh, you you really started with the media servers, but you've really fleshed out a broader product line, including a whole kind of an all-in-one system. So talk about that all-in-one system and the other products you brought out. Yeah, sure. Uh, it really was a natural evolution. So we went from controlling other people's hardware uh, around digital music. Uh, then we delivered our own hardware platform and have had and continue to have a great deal of success providing music servers into controlled environments. Now, many of our dealers began to tell us, we love your system. We're putting one in every automation pack package that we do. But occasionally we have that customer who just wants audio. Uh, they, they're not ready to move on to full automation yet, so we're not putting a control system in. How do we deploy your system without a control system? Uh, and often what comes along with the control system is the audio distribution piece of that. Um, and so we developed a line of amplifiers that are meant to uh, be mated with our Mirage audio servers to provide an all-in-one solution for that customer that just wants to start with a music system. So it provides the audio distribution, the amplification, and the source, uh, which, of course, is the Mirage media server. So now that's an all-inclusive package that can be installed on its own without a control system, but the installer does it with the knowledge that if the customer comes back later and is ready to make that investment to a full-blown control system, they've installed a package that's compatible with that control system. Earlier you alluded to this idea there's kind of a move back towards higher fidelity and, and higher quality, which is interesting because I think that's true, but also you're seeing um, on, on the control side, for example, even guys like Savant – uh, releasing lower cost solutions. I mean, Control Force, you know, told me that you know they haven't ruled out going out with coming out with even lower cost solutions. So, and and kind of the, the burgeoning DIY control, home smart home space. So, it, it seems like the market's expanding both on the low end and the high end. And, and is that would you kind of say that's a true statement? Uh, yeah, I do. I do think it is expanding both on the on the low end and high end, and, and and that's kind of a natural progression of the industry. And we need to be careful to maintain um, 
uh, or stay true to our niche in the marketplace. Our niche in the marketplace is to deliver the best experience for a consumer for listening to music throughout the home and to do that in a way that takes advantage of all of the modern ways of listening to music, streaming music content, um, virtual libraries in the cloud, uh, including, you know, everything from iTunes music, you know, highly compressed content to FLAC files and uncompressed WAV files. Uh, that's who we are as a company. Uh, that's what we're going to stay true to. So um, we think there's a lot of value in our products, uh, but we're not trying to sell our products based on price. We're selling products based on uh, the value of the functionality and the quality that we bring to the table. So how big is Autonomic as a company now? Have you guys grown quite a bit? Yeah. Uh, 2013 was a great year for us, definitely a breakout year. We actually uh, tripled our top-line revenue. Uh, we're on course to uh, at least double our, our revenue in 2014. Uh, we've gone from two employees, and, and that, that would be my co-founder and I, uh, and it was just the two of us as late as 2008. Uh, we're up to 14 people now, plus uh, 17 independent manufacturers, representatives. Uh, we've got five international distributors around the world, and we're signing uh, even more this year. Uh, so for the last two years, we've enjoyed triple-digit growth, uh, and uh, it's just been phenomenal. Talk about this high-end um, um, audio space and where you see it going, you know, you know, both for yourself and more broadly. Um, what, are, what are some technologies or uh, things that you're excited about, and kind of how does this market look in five years? Um, interesting question. Um, the, the, definitely we're excited that consumers are starting to pay attention to quality again because that, that's our wheelhouse. Uh, we've always developed products that can deliver the highest quality sound possible, and we've only supported the highest bit rate uh, content out there. Uh, we're excited to see the cost of SSD storage uh, starting to come down. We recently announced our MMS 2A product, which is a completely solid-state product. There's no moving parts in it. That's uh, solid-state storage on board and has a, a fanless cooling chassis. Um, so that's pretty exciting to us. Uh, as the music files get bigger, um, the speed by which you can access them on the storage device uh, and the reliability of that storage device becomes paramount. So the um, increasing economy of solid-state storage is enabling us to deliver products that work highly reliably, silently, uh, and the available storage space per dollar spent is coming down. So that, that's a pretty exciting dynamic. Um, I think that there are some vertical, market, uh, vertical opportunities uh, in the marketplace around uh, commercial establishments, um, and just continuing to see more and more high-quality products being brought to the marketplace. Uh, it, it's, it's nice to see music becoming important again. You, you, as a company that's really made a name in audio servers, and you talk about the lower price of solid-state storage being an important component, uh, you know, I'm interested to hear you, you talk a little bit about cloud-based streaming services because those, I think, are popular across – um, both low-end and high-end audio systems. So, um, you know, can you talk a little bit about, you know, how highly penetrated, ser you know, s audio services like uh, Pandora and Spotify are, even in, in, in your user base, and has that, how has that changed? 
You know, I'd say most of our customers these days, uh, meaning more than 50%, it's probably right at that point, utilize um, exclusively online services for their music consumption. They may have a library that they've accumulated over the last 10 years of digital content, and they definitely use our products to um, provide access to that content. Uh, but more and more, you're seeing people just subscribe to Rhapsody, uh Spotify or one of the similar services to be able to get access to that content. And I think what you're going to see now, um, it just like we saw the quality change. So when we first went to digital music, everybody kind of accepted an MP3 because storage was very expensive. Um, and now as storage is becoming uh, more readily accessible and cheaper, we're seeing people come back to quality because it makes economic sense now to have a bigger file and, and therefore greater resolution in that file, I think is bandwidth becomes um, more accessible in the same way. You're going to see the same kind of gradual increase in quality for the streaming services. Um, there are already, you're already starting to see some online services that are um, touting high-resolution music files as their distinguishing features. So I think you're going to see a repeat online that you saw uh, on the hard drive-based music. That's fascinating. You said 50% of your music, you, your customers are exclusively streaming at this point. And how has that changed from a couple of years ago? Well, <laughs> that's a dramatic change just yeah. over the last three years. Um, and it's because of the, uh, the wide variety of different types of music services um, and the increase in quality of that content. Uh, like I said, just about everybody that has a Mirage Media server has some of their own content that they already accumulated. But I would say, and this is not scientific, right? This is just based on what I'm hearing in the marketplace. But I would say at least 50% of our customers are, are getting all of their new content from a streaming service rather than buying the file on um, iTunes uh, or some other music service. And I think that's kind of what's behind some of the rumors that we've heard in the marketplace lately about Apple's potential acquisition of a streaming music partner. That's fascinating. Um, I think they recognize that trend as well. Yeah, and so how just demographic wise, could you kind of, you know, ballpark what your customer looks like? I would imagine that they're uh, upper income, um, middle income to upper income to high income. Yeah, I, I would say all of those, you know, uh, anywhere from from middle to higher income. I mean, listen, you know, $3,000 is uh, is a lot of money, but um, when you think about uh, how ubiquitous music is in everybody's life, uh, if you think about you know how important it really is to have the music that you enjoy listening in your day-to-day -day life, uh, and you think about the relative expense of other comforts that um, you know the middle-class demographic and up are, are putting into their home, uh, it's becoming more and more mainstream. And, and a lot of people ask us, you know, how do you survive in a world with Apple and, and Sonos? Uh, and uh, Apple and Sonos are some of the best things that have happened to our company because they build awareness, uh, you know, that everybody has an Apple device and everybody downloads content now. And now more and more people are becoming aware of the concept of multi-room audio. And a great deal of those people um, want something that's just a notch up in terms of uh, its ability to integrate with systems and the quality of music that comes out of it, and we're that obvious choice. So that tremendous awareness made the pie much bigger, uh, and so we can serve our niche and enjoy continued growth because of it. Hey, well, Michael, thanks so much for spending some time. Tell me a little bit about Autonomic and uh, where you see the market going. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I enjoyed the conversation.